Good morning, everybody. This is a devotional episode of Into the Prey, and these are slightly haphazard and random, so I trust that that's okay, and trust that whenever this lands in your ears and in your heart, that it will be a blessing and an encouragement for you. I'm reading Romans 8 this morning and reflecting on the wonder of adoption. Let me just read these verses for you in Romans 8, verse 14 through to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Paul goes, goes on in the next verse to say, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What a wonderful passage of scripture, Romans chapter 8, the greatest letter ever written, perhaps the greatest chapter in the greatest letter ever written. I wanted to share a couple of things that strike me as very important this morning about those verses, particularly as they relate to our adoption as sons and our leadership by the Holy Spirit as sons. If you do a word search on that word in verse 15, sonship, you'll notice that I can't remember what the Greek word is, but you can do a quick Strong's concordance search for yourself. Uh, just the, the last the last uh, word there in the sentence and by him we, before we, before and by him we cry Abba. So if you read the from the semicolon, rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Now that word there, if you do a study on it, you'll notice it only comes up in the New Testament or in the whole Bible actually. A handful of times, there's one in Ephesians, one in Galatians, there's a couple in in Romans, of course. Um, the point is, it's not a common word. And, of course, as we think about something as glorious and as life-changing as adoption, whether you have a um, an earthly experience of adoption, either having been adopted yourself, perhaps, or having adopted another child into your family, it's, it's, an, it's an unparalleled, incomparable reality. This emphasis of being brought into another family, being adopted by other parents. Um, whenever I think of adoption, I think of Mephibosheth and David's relationship with Jonathan and if you do again, if you're maybe not familiar with Mephibosheth, maybe a slightly obscure biblical character, but you'll know he was um, he was injured as a baby. Um, 
to the point where he was lame. He wasn't able to walk. And there's this wonderful moment in in that chronology of, of Israel and particularly as David's promise to Jonathan was being outworked, Mephibosheth was given the rights as a as a member of David's court as of of his um yeah of his house and he was brought into the banqueting table he was brought into the table of the king and there's that wonderful prefiguring picture of the table covering the lameness of Mephibosheth that's what it means to be adopted it means that the lameness of each of us as a result of sin if you read the first few chapters of Genesis maybe chapters five, six, and seven, eight, and nine, something like that, and particularly as regards to Noah. and Just watch and make note of the way that the Lord's churning heart as regards to the regret that he felt regarding humanity, that kind of, that the inclination of the hearts of men are only evil all of the time, that kind of thing. Well, that's the lameness that's, that's pictured there in Mephibosheth's, uh, inability to walk, inability to stand, and covered wonderfully by the table of King David, obviously a, a type of Christ himself, a type of prophet. And imagine just the wood of the tr- of the wood of the cross at Calvary that, by the shed blood of of the King of Kings, meant that we would not only be covered but that we would be adopted. And that's what was going on there with Mephibosheth. And so it's a it's a it's a rare word. And it, that in itself, I think, speaks of something of the wonder of it. I want to just comment on, keep this simple this morning, and just keep and just comment on one other aspect of this, which is something I actually referred to in a video yesterday, where I kind of, um, in inverted commas, referred to our in, our legal inheritance, which tends to be a mantra of the erroneous New Apostolic Reformation crew who um who amongst other things claim that um for example healing is just a choice we just need to be in faith and quote unquote quote unquote being in faith and um in fact I, I've alluded to this publicly so I'll just mention in passing one of the one of the most obscene moments that Mary and I have ever experienced in the last few years in in trying to engage with different um, Christians of different um, theologies, put it that way, it was was an, a, an account, a time we had where we'd met this lady for coffee and she was very much part of this word of faith, quote-unquote, word of faith crew. And her answer to Mary's wonderful testimony is a wonderful testimony. I'm not just saying that because I'm her husband. If you've not listened to it, please go to the YouTube uh, or podcast channels and you'll see it there why IVF is not okay and this woman's response to Mary was to simply say to her okay so you've not had you've not you guys have not had any children okay well it's it's back to choices isn't it back to choices for this woman her theology her god meant that the answer to having a family having the joy of conception was simply down to a choice and that therefore I'm assuming that the reason that we'd not had family because 
we'd not made the right choices. This is this is theologicalerror.com. This is this is heresy. This is error that will I think have profound effects in this life and in potentially in the life to come. But this is my this is my point where it comes to this whole issue of sonship because the word that I've just suggested we do a little word search on from verse 15 um, and by him we cry Abba and so on the spirit himself it says in the second 16 the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children but the being brought about the adoption being brought about in the verse before there is a rare word and you know there it is it is alluding to the Roman reality of being a, being given all the full rights of a of a Roman citizen or a Ro- or a, a Roman son. That the the issue of inheritances and rights and so on does apply, and so this is one of the things that the New Apostolic Reformation and the Word of Faith crew get wrong is that they make it all about the legal inheritance. So that in other words, this woman for us as a as a childless couple, we well, our legal inheritance is to have children. In Jesus, it's like it's our right, and therefore it's just a choice. It's just a choice of faith. But how sadly, how sorely missing is the next verse? This is this is the difference between what is genuine faith and that which is demonically inspired theological error. Look at verse 17 of Romans 8. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. This is where this kind of language from the NAR stuff comes from, I think. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So Christ is the standard, okay? Everything about Jesus. Comma, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. See that? What tends to happen with theological error is that sections of a verse, sections of a sentence are ignored or changed. There's no denying that we have been adopted in more glory than I'm able to convey to you this morning. Now, if we're God's children, if we're God's sons... Or back in verse 14, look at what it says there. For those who are led by the Spirit of God. What a, what a daily wonder it is to be led. Led by the Holy Spirit. There's no denying that something beyond our comprehension has happened in the moment of conversion. In the moment where we've received the Spirit of God. And he comes to seal our hearts for the day of redemption, Ephesians 1.13 and so on. But where the New Apostolic Reformation and the word of faith, quote-unquote, people get it wrong is that they don't know Jesus. They're not knowing Jesus accurately. What do I mean? Well, look, co-heirs with Christ, that's their emphasis. It's like there's a full stop at that point in verse 17. But if indeed... There's a, so there's a condition, as often there is in the, in the Old Testament, and we see that similarly in the New. If, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory, the relationship between suffering 
and glory is inescapable. The standard is Jesus Christ, the man who is coming again. The standard is the man who, man of sorrows, as it says in Isaiah, Jesus was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. That's the standard of what it means to be an adopted heir. Not a spirit of entitlement, which is to say, heavenly parent, give me my, give me my entitlement now. Give me my inheritance now. Give me heaven now. Give me everything that I want, regardless of whether or not I can understand the consequences of having that now. Stamp my feet. It's a tantrum. It's a spirit of entitlement. And it speaks of a poverty of relationship between a child and a parent, a son who doesn't know the father. Jesus knew the father. He loved the father. And there's a relationship here between our adoption, uh, the benefits, as it were, the quote-unquote benefits, our legal inheritance, the, the standing that we have as citizens of heaven like Mephibosheth covered, our lameness, our sin, our depravity, covered by the wood of the cross, the tree of the cross. There's a relationship between that ultimate realisation of that when Christ comes and our appropriation of the suffering there's a condition there if indeed we share in his suffering so for the new apostolic reformation crew for the word of faith crew look if you want to bang on about half of the sentence then be my guest but you're in profound error read the second half of the of the verse if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory you can't share in his glory without sharing in his sufferings. It's the emphasis of the New Testament. It's the emphasis of Paul's final writing in 2 Timothy to the church from prison in Rome. And if it's not part of your experience of being in a Christian community today, where glory and suffering are hand in hand, you're not emulating Jesus Christ.